Welcome to the Business of Design podcast. I'm Cheryl Horn, Director of Operations for Business of Design. A lot has changed at Business of Design since this episode originally aired. For the latest information and rates on events and membership at Business of Design, head to businessofdesign.com. Enjoy the show. Hey everybody, welcome to episode number 97. This is Business of Design and you are in the right place if you are a design professional. You are especially in the right place if you have ever had to change course and do something better than you used to do before. That is the story of my life, and it sounds like that applies to a lot of us as well. This podcast is going to be a little bit different. We recorded the bulk of the podcast when we were at High Point this past October. Now High Point is coming around again. That's right. It's twice a year, and we have two exciting events we're doing at High Point. We'll check in with Cheryl Horn, and she's going to talk to us about both of those events. But last year, we held a live Business of Design members-only podcast event at The Point on Friday. Now, a lot of people aren't at High Point on a Friday. We thought that would be perfect. We would get those professionals who are serious. They're there to shop. They're there to work. And it turns out we did have the perfect people in our roundtable discussion. You're going to hear from three of the people that we interviewed. And randomly, for no reason I can explain, the recording stops at 24 minutes. That's okay. I can sort of sum up the conversation we were having last with your own Linnet and fill you in on what you missed there. There were a couple of spontaneous conversations that occurred after the recording stops. And one of those conversations you heard already in a previous episode with Faith Sheridan, episode 87, Faith shared how she stumbled into creating Google ads for herself and what she learned about that experience. And great news, it's working for her. It's bringing her her ideal customers. So episode 87, if you haven't listened to it on Google ads, it's a great one with Seattle-based designer Faith Sheridan. Our intention with this episode was to hear from several Business of Design members about something they overcame, something they conquered, and some of the things they've implemented since becoming Business of Design members. The first guest you're going to hear from is Elizabeth Scruggs. She is a female contractor, uh, which is already a fascinating subject as far as I'm concerned, and she refers to herself in this episode as a recovering pushover. She describes situations where she allowed clients to make the rules and she bent herself into a pretzel trying to make it work and how that's changed for her and how she more confidently can set boundaries now. The second guest we're going to hear from is Christy Liu. Christy's fabulous. She's an incredible swimmer, and you'll hear her describe that. She's also the mother of triplets and has an assistant who has triplets. What are the chances? Christy refers to herself in this episode as a recovering micromanager, and she tells the story best, but spoiler alert, getting those systems and procedures in place affords you real freedom so you don't have to micromanage your staff anymore. I think this is really exciting news. And then finally, we're going to hear from Yaron Linnet. Yaron's fabulous, and he has been working so hard in the past year. The transformation is staggering, and he's working on one piece of the pie right now, his social media following. So you'll hear your own describe that, and then, as I say, the recording just stops, and I will pick up as best I can where we left off and wrap up the episode. We're really glad you're here. Let's check in with Cheryl Horn. 
Cheryl. Here we are, episode number 97. You remember being at uh, High Point when we did this recording? Yes, it wasn't too long ago. It wasn't, but here it is coming around again. We are going to be at High Point Friday, April 5th, and Sunday, April 7th. So Friday, April 5th, 9 a.m. to 12 p.m., Get yourself to High Point and we are going to make it worth your while with an intensive learning experience in partnership with High Point Market. We've got two big events happening at High Point. One of them, a three-hour paid seminar, Run Your Projects Like a Boss, essentially steps one, two, and three. So if you need a boost and you're going to be at High Point, sign up for that. It's $295. And there is a free seminar as well, No More Negotiating, which is happening on the Sunday morning of High Point. And I do want to mention that the three-hour seminar on Friday is a CEU course, which a lot of people have been asking for. Right. I forgot that part. Yes. (laughs) Good. Excellent. Now, if you recall, last year we left High Point. We thought we're going to get some answers for your own about Instagram. And we did make some progress, but there's still so much to learn. Um, I want to do a shout out to some of our members who have been very actively using the BOD challenge hashtag. It's Ashley Dolan, Brenda Bricks, and Maria Dakotis. Well done, everybody. How have you found it on Instagram this last week? Well, I just discovered that I have been using the BOD challenge hashtag, but only in stories, which aren't counting. Like you can't search it. I didn't realize that. So as you said, it's still learning. I definitely have not gotten a new client from what I've been doing, although I'm, I'm not sure that that was my goal necessarily. Uh, but we would love to hear from anybody who has connected with an actual paying customer through Instagram. So if that's you, let us know. We'd love to hear from you. Yeah, we'd love the update. Um, Australia is coming up soon. Are you getting ready? I'm so excited. I just found out I got my visa to go and I'm trying to figure out how I'm going to bring some little gifties and things like that uh, in my suitcase without having to truck huge bags there. But anyway, super excited. And I think there are still some tickets left for the Friday night seminar, which is March 22nd. So if you want to hang out with Kimberly in Australia, um, make sure you register for that. Head over to the design coach to uh, get your tickets. Friday, March 22nd. It's an evening event. We are going to hang out, but we're going to do some serious learning as well. So if you are thinking 2019 is the year that you have got to step it up, then come on out. We're going to have a great time and we are going to push things forward for sure. And one more thing that's coming up quick is our rate increase. So again, that's happening on February 15th. Uh, If you are a current member or if you register prior to that date, you'll be locked into our current pricing and that won't change for you as long as you're a member. And another announcement of something we've added to membership, a private Facebook group only for our premium members, which is great. We've had that request for a long time and we've taken that next step and just gotten that live um, and it's filling up with our premium members already. That's really exciting. One of the things we noticed in our Facebook page that was members and non-members is some of the advice that was being given out wasn't particularly helpful or constructive. So the members are saying, wait a minute, we want advice from other members who are on the same path, who are really making these structural systematic changes to their business. So you guys keep us moving. We just never have a chance to rest on our laurels with these guys, do we, Cheryl? 
No, and it's it's been great. The um, you know member to member support is just incredible. Some of these um, members have been with us for so long; they're already using the 15 steps, um, and they've got advice and wisdom and experience to share with uh, those who are just joining business of design. They're new to it or just starting to implement those steps. All right, thanks, Cheryl. Talk to you soon. Welcome to the Business of Design podcast with Kimberly Selden. Business of Design is the coaching community for independent designers like you. We know it takes more than hard work and talent to successfully run a professional design firm. There are proven business strategies that can solve your immediate business challenges and transform your life. Don't try to do this alone. Join today and you'll have access to more than 100 video courses plus Kimberly Selden as your mentor and guide. Unlike traditional coaching, which can take years to produce tangible results, BOD is a fast track to immediate results for independent interior designers, decorators, architects, stagers, and landscapers just like you. Monthly membership is only $67.50. Annual members save two months and have access to Kimberly's contracts. What are you waiting for? We all know design matters. At Business of Design, we think designers matter too. of design and we have a really fun show planned today we are live from the point in north carolina that's where we are right that's right that was elizabeth scruggs who's going to be a guest on the show today and beside me is christy Liu, who's also going to be a guest and your own lynette so the podcast came about number one because i love high point and ashley grigg always asks us if we can come out and speak at the point which we love to do uh, but it was an opportunity as well to introduce to the listeners some of the business of design members who are constantly supporting business of design um, like wanda horton and faye sheridan who also showed up today and definitely need to be part of a podcast soon please and thank you um, and we thought we would focus on uh, talking about uh, your superpower, which is often derived from something that you used to be not that good at and you discovered by tapping into a new resource that suddenly you're really great at something. So I'm going to introduce the podcast guests one at a time so you can hear a little bit about them and then they're going to um, talk to us about... Uh, what they have become amazing at. So I'll start with Elizabeth uh, Scruggs from Nashville. Um, Elizabeth is unique in a variety of ways, super talented woman, super lovely. She's also an award-winning building contractor and a decorator. So she's a female contractor, which makes her pretty awesome right away. Nice to have you. Thank you. Elizabeth opened Superior Construction and Design in 2000, so if you want to follow her on Instagram, it's Superior Construction and Design. And um, she's able to wear two hats, that of being the contractor and that of being the interior design professional. And we're going to talk to Elizabeth about being a recovering pushover. Does that sound right? That sounds very, very correct. All right. Christy Liu is, she's also a designer. Um, she is currently living in Chevy Chase, Maryland, close to DC, and drove in for High Point for the day. Nice to have you. Thank you. In addition to having two regular kids, which is where I stopped, <laughs> she has triplets. Oh what? 
Yes. Shocking surprise, no? It was a shocking surprise. <laughs> All right. <laughs> that's, yeah, that's crazy. And Christy wrote the amazing, this most amazing love letter to Business of Design about how we've uh, become part of her team and helped her change her business. And we're going to talk to Christy about being a recovering micromanager. Emphasis on recovering, not recovered. Right, as yeah. always, right. And then uh, Yaron Lynette, uh, originally from Israel. Where do you live now, Yaron? We live in Warrington, Virginia. It's uh, uh, 50 miles west of DC. Beautiful farmland. Bucolic, yes. Yeah, gorgeous. And then um, you're all, you have been in the design and construction business? We do uh, commercial and residential interior design. Uh, I was on the retail side of the industry initially. Uh, we've been in 16 years, but our firm is actually only two years, little over two years old at this point. Very cool. And we're going to talk to you about some strategies for your, your social media. Yes, absolutely. We're laser focused right now on social media and uh, we could use some help. Well, we met last year at the point. Um, and you guys made some dramatic changes to your business. So I want to ask you about that as well, based on that one conversation. Absolutely. But let's start with the recovering pushover. Who can't say no? <laughs> I'm going to ask you to share that with Elizabeth. Hold the microphone nice and close. Okay. When you say you're recovering pushover, where was the first place that that showed up in your business? Um, my initial consultations. Um, I would, in the beginning, and I've been in business quite a while, but in the beginning, I would take pretty much um, any appointment that came along, whether I felt it was a good fit or not. And then I would go, and I never charged for an initial consultation, and then I would end up being there for two or three hours, walking through their house. I know y'all have all done that. Um, Lots of nods. And they, <laughs> because I didn't want to be rude or perceived as rude, saying, you know, I've got to go, I've got to leave, and, um, you know, and then my day is blown. So, um I finally started putting my scheduling on my website, and that has helped tremendously because when people would call me, and another thing that happens, and I know this happens to everybody, is you have your friends and um, acquaintances will call you and say, can I take you to coffee? Can I just take you to coffee for 15 minutes and pick your brain? And it, it puts you on the fun. spot. It sounds right? so it fun. Sounds so fun. It sounds so fun. Um, so when that happens now, what I say is, I would love to have coffee with you. All my scheduling's done on my website, and if you go on there and schedule a time on my calendar, I'd love to have coffee with you. And I actually have a consultation on there that says, pick my brain consultation. And to book it, they have to schedule it and pay up front. And so that eliminated all the weirdness in the conversations for me with friends, you know, because they don't think that you should charge them. Um, but yet they don't mind, you know. What do you call, what do you, how do you charge for a pick my brain consultation? Is it the same as a consultation? Mm -mm. No, $75. So what prevents a client who's a potential client who's not a girlfriend from clicking on pick my brain? I have a discovery call. Oh. And on the phone, uh, on the initial phone call when they call, I can tell if it's, you know, a legit, uh, interest in a job and I say please book a discovery call with me where we can talk about this further and then I'll schedule a call with them for that's free you know and we'll talk 15-20 minutes and then if we decide that we're a good fit for each other we'll, then they will schedule an appointment okay so then that do they get a refund on that pick your brain conversation no if not 
No. Okay, that's good. No, I, and I make it very clear. If, you, if they're wanting to take me out to pick my brain for coffee or they want me to come over, it, just can you please just give me some paint colors or, you know, just for 15 minutes. It won't take you long. Just take a minute. Can you come help me? Then, you know, I feel like I'm giving them information. Mm -hmm. And so I charge for that. Okay, fair enough. Well, it had took us 20 plus years to learn how to be really good at picking paint colors. Yes, exactly. <laughs> right. Okay. So that's it. So you schedule it right on your website, which avoids that uncomfortable. I really appreciate that idea that you avoid that uncomfortable yes. conversation. Um, and of course, sometimes people will go to your website, see that you're going to charge for it, and they go, oh, forget it. I just wanted to pick her brain. And that's not my client. That's not your client. Mm -hmm. That's not even your friend. That's right. <laughs> I mean... Oh, man. Yeah. You made some room in your social calendar yeah. by having that on there. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, so, yeah. <laughs> I get that. Yeah, I get that. Yeah, let's see if we're friends. Yeah. Okay. Um, so that was one place, one of the initial places it showed up. Have you seen it showing up in other places that you are recovering pushover? Just um, by having systems in place. Somebody I listened to told me about systems, and they've really, <laughs> they've really She's helped. leaning toward me. Yes. <laughs> well, like, what kind of system? Is well, there a system you can think of that help particularly you not be a pushover? Hmm. Well, charging for the initial consultation. For sure. I mean, that, that, that's probably the biggest area I've seen it, because for years I never charged for it. And now that I do, and the people that are, you know, people, if they're serious about you know, working with you, they don't mind to pay. Mm -hmm. And so I think about all the years that I did not do that. Right. And, and, but anyway, you push forward, but that's probably the biggest area. Are you a pushover with trades? No. How? how? Tell us the magic there. Um, well, the magic there is finding the right trades, first of all. And, and you kiss a lot of frogs before you, <laughs> you know, find the right one <laughs> that you can work well with that is insured, that will do what they say they're going to do for a fair price and be there when they say they're going to be there. And so um, I think there's a lot of mutual respect there, you know. And, and I've been working with my guys 15, 12 to 15 years. Wow. Um, and so, you know, and it took a long time to find the right ones. But once you find the right ones and you work well together and you respect them and you pay them and mutually that goes both ways, then it, you just kind of click and, and you form a good team. And yeah, and that team will tend mm -hmm. to stay together a long, long time. Yeah. And I find too, if you have that team, you can survive the ups and downs of the economy better than if you're constantly changing out your people. Um, and one of the challenges I find when I'm not the person who's the project manager is typically it's a male contractor. And mm -hmm. I'm, this is gr gross generalization, but this is just me. They can be so patronizing and condescending, right? Yes. Like, honestly, I want to hurt them sometimes. Yeah. Like, <laughs> I really do. So uh, one thing that I've found that's really helpful, I have a favorite question. I'll say, this is the situation I need, blah, blah, blah. And they'll tell me why that's impossible, can't be done. And then I'll say, is this an insurmountable problem? And it's, it's amazing, but they always come up with a solution when I say, is this an insurmountable problem? Of course it's not an insurmountable. Nothing, almost nothing is an insurmountable problem, right? Right, right. Um, I would love to have a female contractor. I think that would be amazing. <laughs> the clients that hire you, do they say, we were particularly happy to see you were the contractor? Nine out of ten, that's why they hire me. Wow. Nothing against the males, but they want somebody that can, oh, yeah, no. can um, you know, it's kind of all-encompassing, right? And uh, maybe 
maybe less intimidating. I don't know. I think I think some people are. I mean, I've actually had clients who have worked with other builders before, and they said they kind of got scared of them and didn't want to ask them to do things or right. didn't want to ask them about things, and that's not right. I no. mean, you should be able to have a, you know, good communication back right. and forth with your. I had great. I have great male contractors that I just love and adore. So mm -hmm. it's not all of them for sure. Anybody right. else a contractor as well? Do some project management, a little bit. Yeah, I, I think people are scared to do that. So just yeah. we'll wrap up this part of the conversation. But is it that hard to become a contractor? Is it? How, what do you think? Do you think some people should think about it? It varies by state, right? So I can only speak for Tennessee. I'm from Tennessee, um, and I've had my license for 20 years. So I don't know what it's like now, what the requirements are now. But 20 years ago when I got mine, it was it was hard. Um, I had built three houses before I sat for the exams, and there's two exams in Tennessee. There's a business law, and then there's a trade exam, and it's there about, uh, there's about 10 hour a day, um, and I had built three houses, and you have to know about, you know, the slump of the concrete, and how you configure roof squares, and, and all this information, and it was still kind of hard. That sounds super fun and sexy. It is. Yeah. yeah trust me, it is. Yeah. <laughs> so sexy. So you have you have to tough it out though. You have to yeah. like you have to learn it. Yeah, yeah. Right. Um and and but once you get through that and then um they've changed the requirements over the years as far as insurance and what you have to carry. But once you, you know, get through that initial part and, and you know I mean you have to know some basic things about construction, right? To to be able to well, you converse guys, with the all trades. All the designers, you all know stuff about construction, right? I mean, it wouldn't hurt us to know more. Like, there's kind of no disadvantage except for you have no, to go no. back to school, which... Right. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, it's 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 great. You know, it's really good. So there's a lot of liability with it, and um, I would like people to know more about that before they take on project management without, you know, especially, like, New younger designers and younger. I'm, I don't mean younger in age. I mean younger, maybe just starting out, but right. that don't realize the liability with it. But as long as you, um, you know, understand that and have the correct insurance, then it's a great, great thing to to do. Yeah, there's. And I we need more women. I say that all the time. Like, li you, you, whether or not you're a contractor, you have a tremendous liability and responsibility, which uh, yes, is all, yes. why I'm always harping about raise your rates. I'm like, hey, tell, me, <laughs> tell me your name. Stephanie, last year I beat her up and said, raise your rate. So you can, <laughs> I'm going to ask, remind me to go back to you about that. So thank you for that. That's awesome. Sure. I'm going to jump over to Christy, who's been um, sitting there patiently, probably thinking of some examples of how she used to micromanage and what that looked like and maybe what it looks like now. Um, well, I was really listening to Elizabeth, who was fabulous. Yes. And who gave me the idea to use Acuity Scheduling, too. So... I thank her so much for that. Acuity Scheduling is the, um, app, is the app that you've used on your website that manages the scheduling that Elizabeth talked about. Exactly. Okay, so we'll put a link to that on the website as That's well. That's one thing I delegated. Okay, yeah. The reason for me that it's so good is that it gives the clients a certain, certain number of hours that they can choose from rather than trying to push me to say, oh, no, we want it on Sunday or we want it on Friday night. No, these are the hours. Pick from those. And there's no com there's no so Saturday and Sunday are off the table oh, for if that's yeah. what you choose. You know how clients can get sometimes. Right. That's so. I, I will say also like if you're looking to have balance in your life and you want to get to your yoga class you know every other day at three o'clock that's a really good thing you can probably block that time so it never gets booked. Yeah, exactly. Okay. Good. Yay. Okay. Or, yeah. And so on the micromanage well 
I think many of us, being designers, are really good at a lot of things. That's why we love this. We get to do a whole house. We get to do everything. That isn't, that's not serving the purposes that we need if we're running a business. We've got to delegate some of that stuff. And we've got to find people who can help us and who are good at what they do to help us. And I think everyone's heard you start with the bookkeeper. Most of us are not good at that. Right. So that was my starting off point. I put it on my local listserv and found a mom. And, my, and I was very specific in my description. I wanted someone who had worked in the interior design business, no one else. Because I know ours is different from other people's. Right. And within 12 hours, I had a response. And that was the, the very first person. I talked to her and she said to me, well, I work with this program. If you're interested in learning it, and it, it happened to be design manager. Um, if you would like to learn it, then I would love to work for you. And so she came out and she spent like three hours teaching, teaching it to me and also getting to know one another. And she was fabulous. And she's been with me now for five years. Amazing. Amazing. Yeah. That was a really smart choice for your first hire, I think. So good. It, it, it freed me up for so many more things. And it made me recognize that there are things I'm not as good at wasn't horrible at it, but wow, I could just grow my business exponentially once I got that off my plate. And so then more recently, I, two years ago, I decided I needed, I needed an administrative assistant. I'm tired of expediting. I'm tired of tracking. I don't want to do that anymore. And it's not my favorite thing to do. And I advertised on Craigslist. And on Craigslist, I got several answers. Of course, if you say you're an interior, interior designer, they want to do that. Um, but I had also written administrative, not design, you know, and so that to try and weed that out. And I talked to people on the phone. There, were, there was one woman who said she'd recently had a head, head injury and she sounded a little bit like Eeyore, and I thought, that's probably not the right person for that oh dear. job. But it's amazing how you can connect with someone almost immediately in a phone conversation, just like you do with your clients when you're talking to someone. You know that's the right person. And so I knew several of these were not the right person, but then when I talked to two women, actually, I couldn't decide which was better. So I said, I think I'm going to have to hire both of you. And I started with two new assistants, having never had one at all. And they were both so unbelievably fabulous. Shout out to Kate and Bryn. Um, <laughs> but Kate was already into so many things. She had a real estate business. She was doing e-design. She was doing a whole bunch of stuff. So she had to go off to one of her more bigger businesses. And Bryn has stayed with me. And she, she just gets totally excited about ordering and expediting and so when you hired them both was this like a big brother showdown thing like one they good like no i just thought well we'll just trick them it. did you like put them through the paces i could see that they had different skills okay um kate was re she's she's young and she is really good at technology so she quickly got us up on google docs so that we could put all of our our projects into Google Docs and everybody could access them from anywhere, from any device, which is fabulous. I'm sure many of you have something like that. Um, and then she also got me onto social media and into Instagram, which I was not on. Um, cool. I mean, within 
minutes, practically. So I want to go back to two thoughts, um, which are related. Number one, with your bookkeeper, does that person track her time so you're able to build to clients? And the same question for your administrative staff. We all, we all track our time, including okay. my bookkeeper. Thanks to you, my bookkeeper now bills for her hours by, uh, per client, right. per project. Um, before that, I thought bookkeeping was an overhead I had to carry. I don't. Um, no. Not and if it's doing something the client would have to do if you weren't there. So we all, we have a, an app on our phone to keep track. Oh, good. And we write the notes in there using action verbs to start each sentence, oh. as Kimberly <laughs> has described in her, go to the business of design and learn about that. Um, it, does, it makes a huge, huge difference. Huge difference. And it's so simple. Once you get it, you're like, oh my god, that's a game changer. Yeah. You just describe each activity starting with the action that you're using. If you haven't listened to that, go on over to Business of Design and take a look at that one. Oh my it's god, good. so good. Good course. So now that you, and, and you started adapting quickly some systems, right? I, I was already tracking my time even before I met you, but not as well as I am now. And all of us do it. All of us track. Then we send, once a month, I send um, a, doc, a CSV, a worksheet, to the bookkeeper who transposes it into our, book, uh, into our uh, bookkeeping program cool. so that it gets billed Very by project. Cool. Awesome. Yeah. Okay, we're going to come back to you. Your own. Your own had a question. I don't know that you're yes, recovering, but you're, you're working, you've been working really hard. We, we've been working very hard on social media. Um, you know, every day we look at things and we judge their ROI and we say, where should we be putting our effort? And I've spoken with my, uh, my business coach, Kimberly Selden, and she <laughs> says, among other things, you need to identify your, your ideal client. This is super important. Your brand has to be consistent. And I've, um, I've got what only I do. Um, unlike most of the designers out there, we have this amazing 15-step program that we use. Um, so we are, we are much more familiar. organized. <laughs> yes, we're, we are different than everybody else in that we're so organized. And I describe what other interior designers do, and everyone says, yeah, and they go away, and they come back, and they go away, and they come back, and there's always more. And I go, oh, we're not like that. <laughs> Step five. So it's very, it's very simple, but we know that we need to market to our ideal cluster clients. And I was told, you know, Facebook is not where they are. Your own, you're not being efficient with your time. Uh, you need to do a ton of networking and you really need to hit social media harder. So we did. And they said, you need to be on Pinterest. You need to be on Instagram. And I've been on Twitter. I've been all these places. I just haven't really focused on it. So now LinkedIn and Instagram are where we are. Uh, and I've been told I need to use 30 hashtags and I have to make sure that the good ones and I have to put them in the second line and I have to post every day and it has to be at the exact same time. So I do all these things and every day... Everybody around is laughing like we're all... Because we're all... We all, all hear been the there. same messages, right? Right. So every day I'm on there and I get, oh, someone likes this picture and another, and another, and another, and then you have a new follower. And I look at it, and I'm like, great, it's working. And then I see 20 interior designers have liked my pictures, and no, then three furniture manufacturers have started following me. And then one company says, you know, hey, 2,000 followers, if you pay us $45, <laughs> we'll repost your thing. And 
you know, we, we complain about the interior designer who goes out there and buys 168,000 followers. And it's not an exaggeration. There, there's 168,000 sure. follower interior designer you've never heard of. There are several of them, as a matter of fact. Yep. Jerome describes a situation that has happened to a lot of us and certainly happened to every single person sitting around the table when we were at a high point. Everybody was nodding vigorously as he described a situation where he's getting a lot of new followers, but turns out they're designers just like him. And how on earth is that going to help his business grow? The short answer, of course, has to do with clearly defining who your ideal client is and then make sure you're posting consistently for that ideal person. It helps, I think, literally to envision that one person and speak directly to that one person. Does she have kids? Does she travel? Does she drive a minivan or does she drive a Mercedes? Who is she? What is she interested in? To me, that's one of the most important things that we want to do. And then, of course, the entire conversation gets funneled right back to all the things that we talk about on a regular basis, including doing a brand audit and making sure that your messaging is also creating a funnel where clients can get to you easily without having to work too hard. We talked about that at length with Nicole Heimer in episode number 95. So if you haven't heard that episode, make sure to check it out. We also spoke specifically about building that Instagram following with Elise Dharma in episode 94. If you're a member of Business of Design as well, you can take courses specifically around brand auditing and building an Instagram following. Those courses are new and we didn't have them back in October when we met with your own. As I mentioned during our original taping of this podcast, we had some very cool people in the audience, including Wanda Horton, Faith Sheridan, Stephanie Poor, who has since recorded a podcast with us, by the way, and Jamie Ivey, who has since recorded a podcast with us. These conversations that we have face-to-face in real life frequently take a turn that I'm not expecting, and somebody will mention something they're working on, and everybody nods and says, oh my gosh, me too. It never fails that I leave those conversations feeling so good, my confidence boosted, my heart filled, and my passion reignited for this work that we all do. I can't thank you enough for turning up to Business of Design events and for turning up in life to be a support to those designers who need a helping hand. We have a lot of forces clamoring to get our attention. I'm grateful. I know where to go when I need advice, when I need support, and when I need a kick in the pants. You guys do all of that for me. Thank you so much for being here. And as you're listening to these podcasts, if you have a superpower, now's your chance to share it with all of us. Reach out to us at Business of Design. Have a great week, everybody. Thank you for being part of the Business of Design community. If you love what we do, please show your support by subscribing to the podcast and rating our efforts. Remember, you can be a part of the podcast by sharing your comments, ideas, and questions via the BOD hotline at 416-780-9187, extension 107, or by sending an MP3 file to info at businessofdesign.com. And when you're ready to transform your business and your life, sign up for a monthly or annual membership. Together, we will achieve extraordinary results. Start today.